Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Hello, welcome to episode 12 of the Craft to Career podcast. I am super excited to have you here this week. Our guest this week is Mr. Domestic, and he is definitely someone who is crushing it with his business. In this episode, he shares what he did to help his business grow, and one of the things actually he thought was going to hurt his business. So be sure to listen to the things that have helped his business grow. I think it's going to help everyone out there who's trying to start and grow a creative business. Get some ideas of how to help your business grow and succeed. Mr. Domestic is super energetic and a personality that if you have not met him, you are just going to love this episode. Before we jump in, I want to read a review. This comes from Erin of Love So Modern, and her review says, The advice I didn't know I needed. Each Friday, I look forward to listening to Elizabeth's podcast from Craft to Career. She delivers on the content I knew I wanted to hear about a creative business, but also the content I didn't know I needed to hear. This podcast is my weekly dose of motivation and encouragement to keep working on and creating my business. The content has been so helpful so far. I can't wait to see and listen to what Elizabeth delivers next. Thank you, Elizabeth. Well, thank you, Erin. I absolutely appreciate this review, and I'm so glad that this is something that's helpful for you as a creative. I really want to be intentional about sharing things that, that can help creatives with their business. Not just the fluff, but I really want to get down and dirty. So thank you. I really appreciate that, Erin. And without further ado, let's jump in and let me introduce you to Matthew Boudreaux of Mr. Domestic. So Matthew of Mr. Domestic, thank you for being on the Craft to Career podcast. You're like kind of a big deal. I know you probably know it and you don't want to say it, but I'm really flattered you're here and I know that our guests are going to be excited to hear from you. So thank I'm, you so I'm, much. I'm not a big deal. I'm just a goober. I'm a goober dad that likes to make cool stuff and like doesn't know how to be quiet when something's wrong. Um, but I support you. Like I supported you. We've been together from the beginning. Like I, yes. I'm ride or die you. So yeah. Well, I still remember when you very first reached out to me on Instagram, you sent me a DM and I was like, oh, no way. This guy is so cool. Like I was oh. so flattered that you reached out to me. So, and here we are years later. <laughs> Yay. So excited. So, okay. I'm excited to chat like business aspect of Mr. Domestic. So yeah. going back to the beginning, am I right in thinking that you were a crocheter first and then a quilter or like, how did no. you get started? Crochet just started like two years ago, I used to, so I started sewing clothes. Like my thing was like connecting with my daughter. I wanted to make her clothes. I made her like clothes the first two or three years. That's all I did. And then I started putting my stuff on the internet and that's when quilting took over. Like I was always so shocked that quilting claimed me because one, it's like, I don't fit in, but then two, it's like, I do so many other things that of all things that I make, quilting is probably the least thing that I make. Um, but yeah, that's that's just where most of the attention came. So um, it, crochet came and it like got hardcore as a result of, I don't know, I'm still processing disappointment in the industry at large. Um, like so crocheting like, or quilting? No, it was quilting just because I was like, it was big in quilting when everything happened last year, um, like with the murder of George Floyd, et cetera. And just seeing like the, the quilting community at large not step up and like 
the gross, heinous comments that I were getting just for speaking out on something I thought was important, it turned me off. So I just like, I'm staying in crochet for a bit until I process it. So this is interesting to me because I'm only in the quilting community. Is it not the same in the crocheting community? That's what I don't know. Of course not. Like people are saying now it's just where I was at the point was like in the center of quilting. So it's like that was what I I even considered myself more of because that's the, the community that like accepted me and lifted me up first. Um, so that's just I was in the thick of quilting and those were the relationships that I had to try and like impact positively. So that's where my focus was, was on that. Okay. So yeah. had you been in the crochet community, it might be the same. It would just- be, yeah. And I would probably be quilting up a storm right now. Yeah. Okay. But you yeah. know what though? Feelings matter. Like it, it makes a difference. So, okay. So going back to the beginning, well, and how did you start with like, you were in theater. Is that where yeah. the whole sewing thing started? Um, no, I wanted to like, I grew up in Texas. Like I'm from Houston, um, conservative family, always wanted to craft and make things, but like, it just wasn't encouraged. Like I'd be sitting on my mom's floor as she made stuff, epic craft room, wanting to learn. And she would like actively talk about how she wished that one of my sisters would learn it and be interested. So I didn't get to then. So, um, I did, um, performance. That's where I found myself in high school, like theater and speech and debate. And then my undergrads in that. And, um, I started doing professional theater And then from that, I did commercial work and I wanted to move out to LA. And it was the same time I quit drinking. So I was super fit. I started modeling then. And then from there, I realized I didn't like it really that much. It was kind of boring because it's like, I'm very like, now I'm like a full on peacock. Like that's how I portray (laughs) myself. But I was just like standing, wearing these boring clothes, saying that it just was so vapid. And it was the same time that my sister passed away, the one that was really close to me. Mm -hmm. And that just made me reevaluate everything. And like, who I saw myself as at that moment, I was like, this isn't, this isn't who I want to be. So it kind of like recalibrated me to wanting to be known more for like my intellect or my talent. And so after that, I got tired of modeling, decided to become a photographer, did professional photography for a while. And then um, when my daughter was born, since I was working mainly with, with fashion models, et cetera, like heavy Photoshop, I was like, I don't want those images anywhere around my house. Like, I just like, that's, that's gross. Like, I don't want her to have that be the ideal. Then I realized that I liked making the outfits I made for the models more than the photography. So started making clothes. My spouse bought me a couple sewing classes for apparel, did that for a while. And then once I put stuff on the internet, then, then it just like this, explosion of awesomeness that has ensued the past four years it's been super super encouraging and inspiring and um it's been a journey yeah well it is it's inspiring we I know I love what you do and others do well and there's like a ton to unpack with what you just said I feel like I can't even dive into all of it we need like a (laughs) week-long podcast but um I mean, and I feel like you've lived 10 lives, you know, you've done so many things that if one person did just one of them, people would be like, I feel pretty accomplished, you know, (laughs) but you've done a lot. So, okay. So at what point, I guess, maybe tell me if this is accurate, but you started posting things on Instagram. Is that when you realized like, hang on here, this thing that I love, that's a craft and a hobby could actually be a source of income. Like when did that become an idea well it was 
it was kind of like before I decided to get on Instagram. Like everything was on Facebook. Mr. Domestic wasn't even a thing. I thought that I was going to like make clothes and have like a boutique shop or something somewhere. And then like I would just make stuff per order on Etsy. And that's what I, that's what I thought would happen once I started posting on the internet. People would want that. Then I realized I didn't really like doing that because mm-hmm. um, customers of handmade goods they're just a little extra if they're not like a hundred percent appreciative of what they are. Um, love you, love you, mean it, everyone. If you're listening, <laughs> but for real, don't be extra. Don't be extra. <laughs> and then I started just through um, various collaborations because my friend Tara, who invented the wefty needle. She's the one that told me that you can um, get stuff for free from places. So that's what started it. I was like, oh my gosh, I can get my hobby paid for right on. And then that's when I reached out to Art Gallery and I became their ambassador shortly after. I was just focused on getting free stuff. So I was like, let me do it. I know how to take photos. Let's just, but then it just kept growing. And I learned about all of these other different revenue streams within crafting that have nothing to do with me selling something handmade. And um, so I just tried them all and figured out the ones that like really vibed with me. And I had just finished my MBA when Mr. Domestic started. So I was like, I have all this information in my head. Let's see if like it works and if I can do it. And ta-da, like... I'm blown away by like what it's become. It's pretty, it's pretty rad. So yeah, I mean, you started off just thinking, okay, I can get this paid for. And then you realized, hold on, there's actually like, this is a good, there's different ways to earn money. What are some of the different ways and what's the most lucrative way for you? You know? Yeah. So all of my revenue streams I have, well, I'm a a fabric, I'm a fabric designer. So that's income that I have. I get income passively from my YouTube channel. That is pretty consistent with what I make there. Now I have my online school where that's a revenue stream. I do have some patterns. I'm going to ramp that up as revenue stream. Um, I do so many collaborations with brands. I've kind of narrowed it down, but that's probably my most lucrative is there just because of the, and we can get into that more if you were curious, because Mm -hmm. of the engagement that I have on my social media platforms. It's not about the numbers. It's the engagement. I can, it's, it's worth some value there. Mm-hmm. And then I, um, I teach and present and I still do that online, like, um, because I can do live streams and stuff. So that's been, that's been nice. I used to travel a lot and that was my like number one mm-hmm. revenue stream. And I would say it probably still is between me doing like presentations, motivational speeches and teaching one of the classes I teach live. Those are pretty nice. Cause then with those, I can sell kits and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's been, um, that's been, been so successful that. I've decided instead of me waiting for special events to teach a course, I'm going to start doing it monthly and just offer a course. And I don't know, maybe I'll cap it off at like 50 mm-hmm. and then just do it. Cause then it's like, I could have the prices be lower Yep. and I would get all the money. So it's like, why am, if, if I'm using my zoom information and my connections, why am I not just doing it on my own? So yep. I'm excited about that. That's going to be, that's going to be neat to just be in so- control. That is separate from so you, so you, that is, okay. Okay. This is new Yeah. Online live stream classes. They do like, it's like a regular class, but it's online and it's actually, it works really well in a virtual environment because they're able to see stuff a lot closer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm a party, whether virtual or in person. So you're getting a party no matter what, (laughs) but it's like, I can see their stuff and like help them. So there's generally make maybe one or two that doesn't like, vibe off the virtual environment but for the most part it's really it's really been better it's where even 
if things ever do get back to a semblance of what it was prior to COVID, I'll probably mm-hmm. still do most of my stuff virtual because my Same. kids are really enjoying me being home. Yeah. And I remember when I met you at Quilt Market, we both left and we were like, I feel like I'm going to die a little bit. Like I need to climb in a hole and just recoup. And so there's something really liberating about being able to stay in the comfort of your home, not have to travel and be able to still reach people, you know? And I'm not exhausted because I'm, I'm full, full on an introvert. I'm outgoing AF, but like, I'm in, I need, I need to recoup after I'm around a lot of people, which is what by definition an introvert is. So yeah, those things, like those events, it's so hard to self-regulate and like, make sure you drink water, make sure you take break, like all of that. Cause it's like this big maelstrom of awesome that, um, yep. yeah, at the end you need a month off. I know you really do. You really do. <laughs> so, okay. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to your YouTube video where you talk about your YouTube channel getting hacked. So we don't have to recap that here, but I know there was a big pivot in your career when that happened. Yes. Um, can you tell us about So You, what it's all about, why you decided, you know, without rehashing the YouTube hack thing? Yeah. yeah. Well, just um, long story short of it, because there's lots of information to learn if you wanted to learn how I even got my channel back. But yeah, I was hacked and stolen for two months and it was used for political disinformation that was anti everything I stood for. and um, the customer service wasn't the best and that's what bothered me more than losing my content was that I'm very, I'm more so even now I'm very passionate about making sure that Mr. Domestic is a truly inclusive community and that it's like-minded values. Like we just love all people, unless you're a racist or homophobe, then you know, there are other communities for you. That's just, that's just how it is. So the fact that it was used for like stuff that's like, anti everything I stand for broke my heart because I felt like I let my community down and mm-hmm. I had done them a disservice and I wasn't able to protect them. Then just during that time, I realized that the only way I can do it is if I am the one in control of everything. And if there's a problem, I can get someone to help me right away. And like all of that, it just, it seemed like the right move, but due to pandemic and over committing, it took me a while to to launch it. So it took over a year from that to launch it. And the reason I did was my assistant. Thank, thank you, Brittany. She's amazing. I love her. Like she's like family to me, but she has been very focused on me getting it out and me launching it. And she, every week she's like, did you, did you record anything? Have you filmed anything? What's going on? So she's been integral to keeping me focused, but yeah, it's so awesome. Cause like I control it what's in there. And like, um, the, the requests on YouTube got so much, that I was like, I can't, I can't honor all that. Cause like one, that's free for y'all. Mm-hmm. And then two, it's like, it, Mr. Domestic's become a size I have to. So the school is where I can be more hands-on. So if people have questions about sewing, it's sewing, quilting, crafting, no crochet there. Cause that's on another platform that I filmed some stuff for, but really like, that's where if someone wants a tutorial, they can ask. Um, there, are, there are like eight different courses. I'm focusing on ramping up beginner sewing and beginner quilting courses that will be in there by the, the end of this month. Um, but it's just, it's so, it's been so awesome the support I've received from people um, yeah. that, were, that were willing to be a part of it, even though it's under construction um, and really support me that I was like, oh yeah, this is the right move. Cause I didn't know till I launched, mm-hmm. you don't know, right. like you, just, you just hope. And then I launched and um 
Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I'm That's really great. Yeah. And okay, so Brittany, tell me more. As a business owner, I'm like, hold on, how'd you find this girl? Like, tell me everything. Yeah. So um Brittany started out as my personal trainer, which she still is. She stalked me in the gym like six years ago. <laughs> um, she made me set up an appointment and I I ditched her and then she like was upset and got in my face. She clearly knew my vibe to where she could do that. And she became family. Like she transformed me. At that point when I found her, I was separated from my spouse. The, probably the lowest I've ever been. Um, like my, my mental health was not good. And she, she, um, she not fixed me, but allowed me to see where I needed to be. And it wasn't all about like aesthetic. It was like mm -hmm. feeling good, being strong. Um, no one's ever done that for me. And it's like, I, yeah, there's a financial situation there, but I was just, this is more than that. So it's like, I love her like a sister. And yeah. um, then with the pandemic happening, I had a, a personal assistant before that was my former best friend. But when she was no longer my best friend, when that um, relationship dissolved last year, mm -hmm. she was no longer going to be my assistant, of course. So mm -hmm. um, I asked Brittany if she was interested and she said, yeah, because she has a background in marketing. Awesome. And I was like, right on. And so I trust everything that she says. We have that kind of relationship and she just helps me stay focused on revenue. That's mm -hmm. what she does. She's, she, she controls my emails. She controls my DMs. Yes. Like, it's just lovely. She decides what I do and what I don't do. Like even right now, people are going to ask and she's like, I'm telling everyone you're spending the summer um, focus on your family. So just like, so Oh know. man. Can it's you just, just like copy her a hundred times? Really, and like, <laughs> it's, it's. She's made it to where, like, I'll need her forever as Mr. Domestic. But yes. um, I've not, I, I, I wasn't able to experience the benefit of an assistant before, but now to have one that I can trust implicitly, like, wow, the sky's the limit with Mr. Domestic now. It's pretty awesome. That is awesome. So what has been the best part of having a creative business? Um, the best part has been... Um, being able to, to show my daughter this, like, and it's, it's not just the fact that, wow, I built a brand that's like, what, but it's that I did it with my values, with my conviction, um, with what I'm passionate about, um, being myself authentically, somehow people vibe with that never been popular. So this situation in my life is kind of weird, but being able to show that as a model to her, like that's. That's powerful. So that's one part of it. And the other part, and it's weird that not, neither one of these are about my revenue. Mm -hmm. The other part is um, that Mr. Domestic has become an inclusive community. The yeah. level of emails and DMs that I get from like queer kids, parents of queer kids, like um, POC kids, like a lot of kids, um, how, how much I've impacted their life. Like that's like, whoa. I'm showing up as the adult that I wish I had in my life when I was a kid. That's awesome. And it's, um, that's, those messages are more powerful than making some change. I um, mean, I have to think anyone, you know, success can be temporary. It can be short, whatever, but for something to really succeed, I do feel, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I hope not, but I feel like it has to be something that means more that's deeper that comes. It's nothing to do with the money, the followers. It's all about, something that's real and deep and, you know, 
And I've seen a few messages that people have sent you before about like, just what a rough, well, for good and bad, but we're going to talk about the good, you know, people who reach out and, and just let you know how much you've meant to them in a dark, lonely, alone place. And here you're able to provide hope for them. Like that's okay. huge, you know? Yeah. Like, like my business is just the medium that I'm able to do. Just like my taglines, uh, spread joy and positivity through sewing and crafting. Like that's my, that's my tagline. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's like the, the, what I'm doing is the joy and positivity and now inclusion, right. Yep. And, and all the other stuff, that's how I get there. It's just real cool. So question on that. So I feel like because you've made such a strong stance, you get more of a polarized reaction from people. So like when I say I get some people who are upset with me, I don't think it's to the level that you are because I don't make such a strong stance. But even at my level, I get it gets in my head sometimes when people aren't happy. Um, So what do you do? Because I know I've seen some comments where I'm like, yikes. I mean, how do you get in a headspace? I know you've shared the positive things, but like, it really affects a person. We're we're all humans behind a business. How do you cope with that? Um, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It is. There are times when it's hard. Um, the hardest time was whenever I, I wrote the open letter to Missouri star asking them to like speak out. Mm-hmm. I didn't, what I was doing, cause my intention was so like pure. I was focused on where I was supposed to be focused, which was helping the black community. And I didn't expect, um, it to be perceived as anything than that, that like the, like it didn't, it didn't enter my mind that people would totally misperceive what I was doing and it would become this other thing that it became. Um, that was hard. That was really mm-hmm. hard because that's whenever like people who would previously run up and, and cry because they got to meet me and how much I had changed their lives to see them give me the level of hate that because they were triggered so fully mm-hmm. by what they thought I was saying. Like that, that was, um, overwhelming. And at that same time, that's when my best friend like peaced out. Um, so that was hard, but through that, I learned, wow. Um, okay. People are going to misunderstand what I'm doing. I can't control that. Um, people, if I make a mistake, I'll just own up to it. Um, so I just lived authentically that way. And that's how I did it. I was, I realized those people, they want to misunderstand. That's when the whole concept of willful ignorance started being used. They want to misunderstand what I'm saying. They don't want to understand my lens of what I'm trying to do. I can't focus on them anymore. And at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, like anytime I hear a comment, I'm like, they're a stranger to me. That's not going to penetrate. So it doesn't bother me anymore. And I just think of the good. And a lot of times when I'm doing stuff like, um, speaking out for black lives matter i'm focused on that lens i'm not even focused on myself Mm -hmm. i honestly thought when i did what i did when i started that it was going to burn down the house oh really that's what i thought would happen with mr domestic i didn't realize that it would have the opposite effect Mm -hmm. i I was like i'm gonna burn if if all i have in my community are racists that don't want to learn and grow i'm done let's burn it down but what i realized is that there was a small population of people who just weren't about it but but there I I succeeded in what I was trying to do because there were a lot of people willing to learn. There were a lot of conservative people willing to learn that thank yep. me all the time. Wow, have you? I'm not trying to change their politics. I just want them to to look at the world through different lens and maybe help out and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like that's what I focus on. I can't focus on the ugly. It's not about me. They're just unhappy. Yeah. Um, that that's that's how I, that's how I get through it. It's, it's not about me whenever they 
um, attack me. It's about the system that they don't want to break out of. And I mean, do you have a good support system? Because like, I know when I go through something hard, I one have a therapist who's been on the show. And two, my spouse who I I mean, he is like my therapist. Yeah, Yeah, my spouse is my best friend. Mm -hmm. Love Um, My therapist, amazing. I have this room. This is this is why I do all of this is because this makes my brain okay. And so yeah, I just put on some music, some K-pop and cut some strips and weave something and I feel good. So mm-hmm. I know that I have this to do that. So yeah, I do have um, a great support system and then stuff that I can do for self-care too. My therapist, but my therapist has been amazing through all of this. Bless <laughs> the therapist. Like, <laughs> I mean, COVID's been a rough year, but the therapist must be like, I, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like every time I, I go um, talk to him, I'm like, how is he sitting here listening to me? Cause I know that he's got to be having stuff. Too. Right. I know. <laughs> It takes a special person, you know, so thank you therapists of the world. (laughs) So, okay. You didn't do this for a business approach. However, it is a great business thing to think about. I talk a lot about with students and just in general niching down Mm -hmm. and everyone gets really uncomfortable with like, well, I don't, I don't want to get too specific because then I'll lose these potential customers. So talking about you niching down into like black lives matter, how you didn't do it for business purpose, but I think it shows this so well that like that fear of you thought you were going to burn the house down, you know, like, Oh, but it had the opposite effect and it just it's so important one to be authentic if you're going to niche down don't do it for the wrong reasons like do it for who you are what you believe in what you love and just let the chips fall where they may you know yeah that's it and I lost I lost not that I lost I ended some pretty lucrative relationships for me that just on the values I was like I can't if I'm really doing this I can't be a part of this um but Mm -hmm. then other revenue streams happened and like, that's just how it happens. Um, but really, like, what kept me going is like, why can't I be the Ben and Jerry's of crafting? Why can't I do that and be like, strongly like pro humanity, pro people, pro, pro, pro black lives, pro gay people? Why can't I? That's how I feel. And what got me past that was that that's exactly what a lot of people do. They run their business with their values. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people telling me to be quiet they're the ones that are doing it the most. So I'm yeah. like, oh, all I'm doing, I'm leading with my values. Yeah, I'll talk about them, but I'm not going to argue about them with people. But yeah, so it's like, it's, it's, it's great. And what gave me more confidence to be firmer was that fundraiser that we did where we raised over $160,000 for anti-racist organizations. That blew my mind. I think that's going to be one of the most important things I ever have done for myself and for the community. That that showed me that, wow, there are a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of crafters that think yep. like I do. I love it. And I just think not being afraid. I mean, it is scary to really stand for something, whatever it might be. But I mean, and Seth Godin talks about it. You want to reach for the smallest audience possible. And it mm-hmm. really is scary as that is like, just lean into that and trust the process. It, it works out. And I like that. Well, And, and for me now that I'm not on the other side, but I'm in it. Wow, is my business so much more satisfying to me? It's like yep. because I found my people and they found me. What has been the hardest part of having a creative business? The hardest part for me has been letting go of relationships that I considered family. Um that's hard when you collaborate and partner with someone. 
and then just you realize that it's not gonna it doesn't work out with the direction that you're going in that was hard that's that's hard because I'm super I'm an I'm a, a sponge I'm a is a heavy empath like I feel all the things I put myself in everyone's shoes but when you're making just business decisions you have to think with your business brain and um that's just that's hard to do because I'm so loyal but it's just learning you got to be loyal where it fits and not everyone should get your loyalty so um that's been the hardest it's it is hard it's not it's not been enjoyable so I mean, this is more of just a, a get your thoughts on this, but I mean, on a smaller scale, I've felt some of that as well. And I wonder, what are your thoughts on keeping business and friendships separate? When things go down poorly for me, I'm like, I just, I need to keep business and friends separate, you know, but I don't know. I just don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think it's necessary, but... I feel like there's there's a missing step when that happens of people really ironing out what that relationship's going to look like and uh, cuz cuz you can't take you can't remove the personal from it if you choose to do that but um you need to spend a lot of energy making sure that that's going to be a right fit for your business not just cuz you want to hang out with them so that's true yeah that's the thing and if they're not going to vibe with the way that you do things or um what you stand for, how you want to run your business, then yeah, it's not going to fit. So I don't think it's altogether keep it out. But for me, when I enter business with someone, except Brittany's different because she's like my sister now, but um, the business relationship is always on top. Mm-hmm. And that's how I am at my, because I have a day job too. That, um, my, I, like, I'll be friendly, but you're my coworker first. That's just, right. that's just it. a lesson I got from an old manager was I need to protect my family. And that's just how you do it. It's like, I like they're, they're, they're my, my people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you don't I really like know that. who you're friends with until you're done working with them. Really. It's true. So, okay. Tell us you have a day job. Do you want to tell us what that is? And do you ever see yourself leaving that to fully immerse into Mr. Domestic? Yeah, I well, I work in HIV pharmaceuticals. I work for Gilead. It, it was a dream job of mine because um, I've always been like really creative, really cerebral. And uh, growing up a gay boy in the '80s, losing a bunch of friends to HIV/AIDS, I always wanted it to work there. And so I'm working my dream job. I love it. I hope that one day, like, I get to be a part of the cure. Like, that would be so rad. Um, so like from a like a personal connection, like I'm there with that. Um. But I do recognize Mr. Domestic is getting at a level that I, I can delegate and hire to a degree, but at some point I'll need to make a decision. Um, and I know what the decision will be, but I'm not at that point yet to make yep. that decision. Not quite right. Yeah. It's like, at first I was like, I don't ever want to leave, but the mission of Mr. Domestic has become so much bigger than me and I'm so proud of it that if that can be magnified with me making some other decisions in my life, I'm going to do that. That would be so cool. And I think, I mean, from where I stand watching this, the people you can reach, the influence you can have is something that I don't know if that's really found elsewhere. You can provide something that other, you know, it can't be provided elsewhere and that's invaluable. Yep. Yep. I love that. Um, so, okay, I can't have you on the show and not address the slogan that you have of spreading joy and positivity through sewing and crafting. So you are a gay man in the quilting community, and you have a very strong stance on the LGBTQ community and race. So, I mean, we've touched a little bit, but how has this affected your business? How is it received? 
awesomely by most. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made I've made it very clear because people miss people try to use my slogan against me. Like I get this all the well, this isn't being this isn't spreading joy. This isn't being positive. My response is like yes, it is. But not to you, but it's because of you that I have to do this for them to be kind to them. And that's what people in the privilege won't understand. So um, so tell me more about that. I, I mean, I feel like I get that, but I feel like there is an opportunity to really dive into that, you know? Well, I'll say it plainly. This is the best example um, that makes that will resonate for someone who wants to resonate with this comment is that I always lead with kindness. And everything that I do, that's just how I am is MO. I'm, I'm going to be kind. And sometimes my kindness looks like like holding someone's hand, really walking them through. I get asked, like kids ask me all the time, how should I come out to my family? And we, we have those conversations. I love them. Um, so that's one like obvious way of being kind. But then another way of being kind is me telling a racist that they're a racist, calling them on their privilege, and that letting them know that they're not welcome in my community. Mm-hmm. To that racist, I'm not kind at all. But to my community, I'm kind AF because that's what I need to do and say so that they feel safe and protected. Gotcha. Um, so okay. It's really just who is who is wanting to understand what I'm saying as to whether they get it. And um, some just don't want to get it because they want to center everything on them. And if they haven't experienced something in their life, then it's, there's no way that anyone else has experienced, even if they're totally different. So um, that's how that's how I, I operate. And it's like, I'm never a hypocrite on that because that's just who I am. So it's, it's just interesting when people try to use my words against me and it's like, no, no. Yeah. So do you see any positive changes and shifts from your perspective in regards to accepting LGBTQ and black people? And are you talking about like in the crafting quilting community? Just within your sphere. Like, I mean, and I guess that would be in the crafting quilting community. Well, Yeah. I mean, my whole community, it's a community of people that now know like to correct racism in real time and that I get to educate them on gender. And then because of that, they're having better conversations with their kids who are the ones having all of those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, yeah, all the time it's, um, it's happening in real time. So it's, it's, it's just cool. It's a pretty big thing to be living through right now. I feel like, you yeah. know, and to figure out how we're each going to handle this and move forward with it. and. Yeah. Yeah, and and there are and the fact that there are not a large, but there are a group of people who would prefer it if people like me or black people or other oppressed people didn't exist, and so that's that's hard to deal with. But um, do you really you know, see that? That's where I feel like I do yeah yeah wow okay I do. yeah hard. and it's that's part of like letting it in and actually seeing it. Yeah. There's a big, there's a big part of that. And that's just like, if you think of the history, like slavery was just yesterday, basically integration Mm -hmm. happened. Like our parents were around when that happened. So when that happened, there were a lot of people that didn't want it to happen that hated, they were programmed to hate. So to think that within, I don't know, 50, 60 years, that mindset's gone. Now it's still there. That's still it's, and the past four years allowed it to be free and rampant. Mm-hmm. And so much damage and so many people were killed and like, it's just, it's just gross. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. They tell me in my DMs quite often. It's wow. uh, kind of gross. I mean, that's heart, heartbreaking. It really yeah. is. It is. Um. So, okay. 
shifting back to more of a business for any business creatives out there, do you have any tips that you would give someone who's either thinking of starting or has started a creative business? Yeah, um, a couple. One is don't be so narrow on how you perceive that you can make money. Because because to, to have a successful business, it's a hustle. And you have to find all of the different ways to uh, to make money that add up when you put them all together. And it's like, then to da look what we can do. So that's just explore all of the revenue streams. Um, really, really important to do that. And then um, you need to make sure that you value your worth. Like don't not value your worth because people want to pay Walmart prices for a filet mignon, right? Like don't do that. And then when you run a business, it's not just about doing what you want to do. I tell this to everyone. It's like, you don't get to just do the part of your work that you like doing. Like any job, there's things that like you don't like, even stuff that you hate doing, but you have to do it. So it's like, you don't like being on camera. I don't care. You have to be on camera. That's just how it has to be. You don't like social media. I don't care. That's how you grow a business, right? So it's like people talking themselves out of doing stuff because it makes them uncomfortable. It's like, are you going to run a garage sale or are you going to run a business? And if you're going to run a business, you got to do all the things. That's yep. just, that's the difference. So that's how it's like, it's hard for people to hear, but it's like, nah, you don't like it. Really? Do you think that I like going over to TikTok and doing live streams multiple times a day? It's okay. But that's what I have to do to grow. And now after four months, I have 160,000 people following me over there. So it's like, like you just have yeah. to do what you have to do. That's it. And you make that and you make it fun for yourself. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you're still work working towards your dream. Right. Yep. It's still it's still like you're still like for me, I'm working, I've created a brand and crafting and, and rainbows and color. Like it's amazing. So it's like when I'm doing something I don't like, I think of the big picture. I'm like, wow, this is cool. Yeah, I'll do these taxes for this. But like, you know, I don't like to do it. Right. Okay. So and I have to ask. Your social media, you mentioned TikTok, but like Instagram, they've just grown like crazy. Is there, I I mean, me looking at him like, well, he does reels a lot and I know those are successful. I mean, is the, and also you have a stance, but like, what, what would you say has helped you grow? Um, I mean, it's collaborations and knowing my worth in collaborations, right? Um, whether knowingly or unknowingly, there are a lot of people that will take advantage of makers Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, and I learned that the hard way, like the first year, like if I spend a lot of energy putting my own money into making something for someone and then like, let's say they keep it and then they don't promote, they don't promote me on their social and they don't tell anyone about it. And I don't get credit. Like, okay, I don't want to work with you again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, after doing that a couple of times, I learned what, what to make sure that I got and would iron that all out. So if someone would be like, Hey, I'd like to co- collaborate with you. I go look at their following. Am I going to gain something? Is it the first time? Then I'm like, are you going to put, are you going to put me on your main page? I don't want to be tucked away in your stories. Put me on your main page and then I'll work with you. Because that, that first time that you're on a new page, that's when you get the most traction. So it's been like years of doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reels is a big part. Honestly, that's why um, once mm-hmm. I understood the TikTok algorithm and how the reels algorithm is very similar it's like with regular traditional Instagram, when you post something, the Instagram is gonna is gonna put that one in priority and push that to people, and the other ones don't get attention. When you do reels, everything is pushed out all the time. It's a it's a different situation. So my original reels are still getting traction and followers because of them, whereas my older yeah. posts aren't necessarily. So it's a totally different algorithm. 
you just you have to do it yeah yeah but don't be like don't put out lame reels like right spend some time doing it and basically the past like year and a half I've been practicing then I went over to TikTok learned a bunch of like cool ways to make videos and then I bring them over to reels and I do well yeah. So you've yeah. put in the time. You've, I mean, there, there really are no shortcuts. People are like, well, how can I, what's a hack to this? I'm like, I mean, the hack is to sit and do the work, you and know, like the work. And it's like, there's things that I've told people, it's like, you need to respond to comments. I can't do that anymore. Um, you have to use your, your lives. You have to do lives. You have to use stories. You need to respond to your direct messages. You need to respond to your comments on your posts within an hour of it being posted because that's the most important. Um, you need to go to other accounts and like comment on their posts when they're, they have a big following. Mm -hmm. All of these things help you in the algorithm. And I tell people that, but people don't want to hear that. I didn't buy followers. It wasn't magic. I'm just doing all the right things. Yeah. And you don't want to buy followers. Don't do that. Anyone. No, (laughs) no, no. I considered that in the very beginning and I was accused of it too, but I realized I was like, how am I ever going to be able to track like, what what how my revenue potential in this group right. is authentic and real so i was like ah that makes no sense to me it's not worth yeah. it and honestly i'd rather have five followers who love what i have and are there for for that than five million followers who don't care at yeah. all what i have no, you I'm know right. i don't need any robots i'm okay yep yep totally <laughs> all right i've got a few rapid fire questions for yeah. you yeah all right what is a book you think everyone should read the secret you told me about that one and I yeah. read it and I keep telling people like, I know it's a little woo woo, which maybe you don't think it is, but I was like, you got to read it. You got to read oh, it's it. It's very woo woo. It's very woo woo. But like at its core, I know this is rapid fire, but whatever, but at its core, it's just saying, um, really visualize what you want in life. Don't focus on it, but know what you want and then go out, live your life and be a good person and pay yep. attention to like things when they're presented to you and then maximize it. That's it. But, and believing um, that you can have these things because yes. so often people are in their head like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm like, whoa, 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 stop right there, you know? So, okay. You can do just anything you want to do. That's what anyone can do anything they want to do. Yep. You just have to put the energy into it. That's it. Yep. Yeah. I love that you recommended that book. So Yay, I'm glad you read it. Yeah, I did. All right. What's one food you cannot live without? Chicken pho. What the heck is that? <laughs> um, Vietnamese chicken noodle soup. Uh, it's amazing it's it's and my my daughter loves it uh we've been eating it together since she was like two i love it it just gives me comfort and then i put a bunch of sriracha in it just it's my happy all right i'm gonna have to give that a try all right what's one thing most people don't know about you i don't know that's tough because we know most people don't know i have a day job most people even still because i don't talk about it a lot one because i like to keep the the rule the, the world separate for the most part but um, because I do so much with Mr. Domestic, people can't imagine how I can also have a day job. I just I'm very good at um, not compartmentalizing, but using my time and I'm never dormant. And like even now I'm working on like little curly cues for a unicorn that I'm making. So it's like I'm always creating and crafting. So that's just that's how I do it. But that's something people don't know. Yeah. OK. Do you ever burn out? That was not on the list, but. Yes. OK. Yes. And. Um, that's another thing that Brittany's helping me with is making okay. sure that I don't overcommit and say yes to things and make sure that if I do say yes and it's like a charity thing or like an exposure thing that it's consistent with my brand and messaging and not just doing like it's her like really she's she's my she I she was my living angel when I came to my health and then now it's like she's doing with what she did with my health with my business and it's like wow 
yeah, everyone, Brittany's amazing. Once she gets this down, maybe you can have her, but right now I need her, okay? Thank you. She should be hiring more. She should be <laughs> training people. There we go. Uh, well, that's her plan when she came in. Her plan was to get everything set up and organized to where she can just pass it over to the next one when they come come in. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm next in line. I am next in line. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) Okay. So if you could be invisible or fly, which would you choose and why? Um, I would want to be invisible. Tell me more. Um, I don't know. Cause I'm nosy and I would like to know what people are really saying. Cause I'm, I'm not that I don't trust, but I'm learning not to trust. Like I was that person. I trust you. Like you would get trust even if like we just met that's just, but now it's the opposite just to know. Cause I live very honestly and authentically. And I try to intentionally, like, you know, I try not to lie, all that kind of stuff. It's like, what's the point that mm-hmm. I would love to know, like to be able to have that superpower when I'm in, like a meeting and then go and like watch them to see if like they're really legit. It would just take away a lot of anxiety. Yes. See, I thought, well, anyways, rapid fire. I thought about that though. I wonder if I'd become a head case if I knew everyone's lie, you know, if I'd be like, Ooh, I don't know. A topic for another day. All right. right. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? That's hard now. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine traveling at this point. Where would I travel back to Hawaii with my kid and my spouse? Cause Helen and I took a trip to Hawaii, just she and I, when she was four. And that's what aura, my aura collection was inspired by. Mm-hmm. That we always talk about wanting to go back there with Aurelian, with um, her papa, because that awesome. would just be fun. But really now, like I'd be happy just getting out of my house anywhere. Like <laughs> on the street, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> so where in Hawaii did you guys go? Which island? We went to um, the big island. Okay. And we, because um, how we were able to go, because because I would travel so much for my day job, I had like enough miles to get her and I there, not my spouse. So we went and we stayed in like this resort and just hung out and did all the things there. It was just lovely. Sounds amazing. All right. So for our listeners, where can they find you? I'm everywhere on the interweb. I am Mr. Domestic spelled out M-I-S-T-E-R domestic. If you try MR, you might find a cat. So if you're not looking for that, then make sure to spell it out. MrDomestic.com. That's my my website. I am Mr. Domestic on the Instagram, the Facebook, the TikTok, the Pinterest. I have a Facebook group that's my favorite place on the internet. It's like 13,000 running strong and people very like-minded, truly inclusive, supportive. I have my online sewing school. So you, the website is sew-u.com. Um, come join me. It's going to be amazing. I'll have new stuff by the time this comes out. And then I'm like everywhere else. Like I, cause I do tutorials and stuff for a lot of other places. And um, you can find that there. I have crochet stuff with something I did at TN marketing. I forgot the name of the site, but um, yeah, I'm everywhere. I got okay. around. You do. I know you'll pop up here and there. I'm like, dang. He's everywhere. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. This was truly a pleasure. This has been awesome. Oh my God. Of course. Thanks for inviting me. I'm honored. I'm yes. honored. Well, thank, thank you. you. I hope that you enjoyed meeting Mr. Domestic or hearing more from him. If you already knew him. 
isn't he just energetic and he knows what he's about and what he's doing. And I absolutely love that. He's not afraid to be who he is, to own it and to create a space that's super intentional. And, you know, not each business owner has to take a stand on different things, regardless of what you believe. But if that is something that's really important to you, what better example do you have than from Mr. Domestic? So thank you so much for being on the show, Matthew. And if this has been an episode that's resonated with you, I'd love for you to leave a review, share what stood out and was helpful for you. And next week, be sure to join the podcast where I will be sharing a business coaching call with Erin Grogan. We dive into her business and she talks about, you know, she feels like she's doing all of the things that people have told her to do to improve her business. And so I really wanted her to come on the podcast so we could take a deep dive into her business and take a look at what's working, what she could try to help grow her business. There are definitely some things on there that any small business owner can benefit from. So be sure to join us next week on the Craft to Career podcast. And until then, have a wonderful week. 